Welcome to the Westside Investors Network. Win your community of investing knowledge for growth. This is the Real Estate Professionals Investing Podcast for real estate professionals by real estate professionals. This show is focused on the next step in your career, investing. Thank you for listening. And please, if you like our content, rate us on your podcast provider. Just a quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are for educational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any shares or securities, make or consider any investments or take any other action. Welcome back to another episode of the Deal Deep Dive segment on the Westside Investors Network podcast. I'm your host, Trent Werner. In this segment, our featured guests will share their unique stories on a specific deal they've invested in. We will dive deep into finding the deal, financing the deal, writing an offer, and the due diligence. Do us a solid and smash that subscribe button, leave us a rating, and share this episode. And now, let's dive deep. All right, Damian Lupo is joining the Westside Investors Network podcast today. Thank you so much, Damian. Before we dive into a deal that supposedly was purchased on a credit card, I'll give you a couple minutes to introduce yourself to our listeners and talk about what you're doing. Sure, man. It's good to be here. I'm glad to be on the show and share a little bit of the experience, all the blood and mud that I've been through to get to where I am. I think that's the story of me as an entrepreneur that's I've launched 60, 70 different companies over the last 25 years. I've done hundreds of millions of dollars in real estate deals and raised hundreds of millions of dollars. And it's all the only reason that number is bigger than probably most people listening is because I just didn't quit. And I think that's the tenacious nature of an entrepreneur. The only time I quit anything was when I was in college that I remember I was in college and I ended up getting thrown out of school because I started a bookstore that put the other bookstore out of business. This is before Amazon got in that business. And so I kind of quit, but I was more fired. And then I got fired from a volunteer job about 15 years after that. So otherwise I really don't quit. And I think that's one of the biggest lessons in life is knowing when to quit. And usually it's the answer is don't quit. Sometimes it's you should quit. I just ended up doing a lot of different businesses. And I think it was really, I come from a place of deep curiosity. And that's one of the things that differentiates entrepreneurs from most other people. They're very curious about the world. And usually they end up chasing squirrels. So it kind of goes from one thing to the next. And I did that for a while and learned some things, made some money, lost some money, lost $25 million in 2008, went to the homeless land, literally was homeless living out of my car. So I've had a lot of different experiences and they led to you today. And we'll talk about that stuff and fill in some of the gaps, but it's a colored history of experiencing life by being in the trenches. And I think that that's one of the things that's useful for people. It's it's not a theory. It's not an Ivy Tower story. It's reality. And reality is a little different than what's pitched on a stage or pitched from a book usually. That's nothing but the truth right there. So Damien, you started a bookstore that put the other bookstore out of business, got asked to leave college, I guess, what got you into this kind of serial entrepreneur mindset when you were in college? There's something that it's more and more lost in society. People are more conformist or they just, they don't really care. I cared, but I didn't like being told I couldn't do something. And so like when I was a kid, my parents told me we couldn't afford anything. And I said, that doesn't work for me. So I went out and started a business when I was 11 and started buying and selling Nintendo games. They told me we couldn't afford Nintendo games. For those of you that don't know what a Nintendo is, I guess there's new Nintendos, but like the original Nintendo, this is like in the 80s, I said, well, I'm gonna go start a business. So I hired my parents to drive me around and it was a way for me to play games. So I was solving problems because I didn't like being told no. And I certainly didn't like being told we were poor. That actually something that hit a chord in me that really pissed me off. 
you know, telling me it's kind of like I was at about 20 years ago, I was at a charity event with Muhammad Ali and sitting next to Arnold Schwarzenegger. And there's all, it's like all this money is being donated for these really cool things with Parkinson's and to help the research. And I wanted to donate some money, but every time they started the bidding, it would go from five to 50 to a hundred thousand dollars so fast. And it was beyond my capacity, like my thermostat, my financial thermostat. So I was sitting there wanting to get in the game and my girlfriend leaned over and she goes, this is just beyond you. And I remember being so pissed off about it. And I was like, you just told me no. So the next time I had a chance to I was at an auction for a charity event at a concert and I put my arm up and just kept it up until I won. And the craziest part was, this is like a year later, she was actually at the concert and bumped into me at the bar and said, wow, I saw you won the guitar. And I was laughing and I was like, yeah, but what you don't know is that that was because of you because you really pissed me off. <laughs> so it was kind of interesting. As entrepreneurs, we just we don't like hearing no and we create opportunities to say yes. And we create opportunities to solve problems. 100%. So after the you know first business did you get straight into real estate or were you, I mean, I know you invest in real estate and you've done real estate deals, but did you get right into real estate after that or was there other stepping stones before that? So after the whole getting by, well, so I went to college after I did that for a little while, not very long, it took me a semester in New Mexico to get thrown out. And then I went off and worked at a bank and did that for a few months and then started up an insurance agency. And it's interesting because nowadays everything has become so commoditized with most insurance. Unless you're doing very complex stuff, you're basically out of business because it's just it's a commodity for the most part. And so I thought at the time it was a great way to make, you know, create an income of you know a million plus a year if you really did what they told you to do. And that lasted about 18 months for me and I got really bored. And it wasn't just bored, it was like this is too slow and it's too small. That's what led to the real estate. It was sort of an accident. Back then, it was Rich Dad Poor Dad had come out a couple of years earlier. And I had read that. And a friend of mine went out and found a deal. And he said, Hey, I want you to be a part of this. And I said, Why? You know, I'm busy with my insurance agency. And he said, Well, I need the money to fund it. And I said, You don't understand. I'm making like 20 grand or 30 grand a year. I'm barely surviving here. And he said, Yeah, but I only need $6,000. And I said, Well, I mean, I could probably come up with that on my credit card because we were taking over a mortgage on a house or that was the deal. And and I said, all right, I'm in. And so that's how I ended up in real estate. And I thought, well, this is going to be super easy. I'm going to do all these deals. So I sold the agency for like 10 grand, like which is basically what my residual was for that first 18 months in annual renewals. And I happened to owe the company about the same amount. So I literally walked away with nothing, started over with my credit card and a house and a partner that disappeared the day after he closed and said, I'm too busy and I'm too important to help you with this house. So then I learned what it was like to be a landlord and a fixer who knew nothing about fixing. I have so many questions that just flooded (laughs) my head all at once after that. (laughs) So your friend gets you into a deal and then bounces on you? Yeah. What's really crazy is that he was the typical squirrel chaser. Like People, they go, I got something and they don't want to do the work. There's a common thing that's a theme in America right now. People want the corner office. They want the salary. They want twice what they should be paid and they don't want to show up to it. They don't want to do the work. And most entrepreneurs don't actually get anywhere because it's hard. Like this idea that you're going to start WhatsApp and then a year or two later, you're going to sell it for 26 billion to Facebook, like has happened. And these things, that's not real. And it's not real because it's, it's like saying my strategy is I'm going to win Powerball or Mega Millions or some nonsense. So the reality is people make money. Like the guy that's running for president, Vivek Ramaswamy, he's a billionaire. How? Because he worked his ass off for years and years and years. And that's the luck. It's, you know, showing up every day. 
And this old friend of mine went off and he said, I'm going to go find more deals. Meanwhile, I have to, I have to, how to do electricity because it was a 60-year-old house. I'm electrocuting myself, flooding everything, getting high off the paint because I didn't know you should even open the windows. Like I was so naive. I had no idea falling off the roof, trying to do roofing. Like it was a mess. And I learned at Home Depot, people started asking me where stuff was, you know, what aisle the paint is on because I was there so much. I looked like I'd worked there. And that was just, that was the process. It was, I went and did the work. And he went off and was hunting deals. And ultimately, he ended up permanently homeless, driving a taxi and never got anywhere in his life. And that's the thing I see missing for most people is they wonder why their life isn't going anywhere. And 10, 20 years later into it, into their adult life, it's because they've had the same year over and over again. They keep going and getting in the back of the line instead of building themselves up and growing and sticking with anything. And you know, so we started off in the same place, basically both broke and had a high school education for the most part. I stuck with something and that was probably the biggest difference. I just wouldn't quit. So, I mean, for me personally, I got into real estate at a fairly young age and I've always been interested in real estate. You know, I watched the extreme home makeover with my parents as a kid and all that fun stuff. But for you, it was almost kind of an accident, right? Like you were approached with this deal and said, yeah, sure, I'll try it. What was it about that house and that, I mean, this house specifically, because it sounds like it was a pretty big learning curve. What was it about that deal in particular that you knew, okay, real estate is something that I could get into. That deal massaged my ego. That deal made my ego happy. I was going to be a real estate baron. I was going to be like Trump. This is before President Trump, obviously. This is is 20 years ago. This is Art of the Deal Trump. This is Art of the Deal Trump. And it became very relevant that he wrote Art of the Comeback because when I lost all of my money, plus a whole bunch more, I was like, oh, good. I'm glad he wrote a follow-up book. I need that book now. And so I ended up re- you know, reread it because it was very relevant because I was like, wow, the homeless guy is, has a higher net worth than me now. Like I got that. I didn't get it when I read it the first time in the late 90s, early 2000s, but I really got it in 2008 and 9 when my net worth was negative 5 billion. So it's kind of a weird, it's a weird thing to reflect back on, but I don't even know what the question was. The question was, I mean, you said it massaged your ego, but what about that deal was puffed you up? So there was a thinking that there was going to be more money that could be made in real estate. And that's one of the problems. It was all about the money. And it was, you know, all the people on the, I went to a a seminar in January of 2000 to see Robert Kiyosaki, to see a guy named Ron Legrand, who ran a big thing called SDI Legrand, a big real estate training company. So all these people that most of them aren't in the real estate training world anymore, but I wanted to go and make a ton of money. I want to be rich. And what I learned over those years is, yes, you can get rich a lot of different ways, but it doesn't mean you're wealthy. It doesn't mean you're free. If your only goal is the success of the dollar, then you're never really going to find fulfillment. I wrote about this in a chapter called Success Versus Fulfillment in Reinvented Life that I published in 2012. It was really understanding that if you're chasing dollars, you're not really understanding how the universe works. The dollars are a side effect of value you create based on a mission, something that matters, something that does something for other humans, something that does something for the planet, something that you're creating value for. If you're chasing dollars, you're basically just chasing a piece of paper, an idea. But that's what I was doing. It seemed very exciting. And of course, I rewarded myself with a Ferrari. And like I had all that stuff and I had to go through that process. And it was very useful. It's something that I think is useful for everybody to have the wrong experience so you can appreciate the right experience. You can appreciate the things that really matter. Because if you just go straight to the thing, you don't really have anything to compare and contrast. It's kind of like if you find the love of your life, not saying it's bad to find out on the first date, but you know, it's useful to have some really crappy relationships too. So you can compare and say, wow, I am so blessed. For me, it was like an opportunity to make a bunch of money. And I had no idea how I was going to do it. I overpaid for the house and bought a big pile of mess. 
So I'm not really sure what the thinking was. It was probably irrational exuberance, like old Alan Greenspan said years later, an overzealous optimism for the potential without looking at the reality of it, because I didn't understand how to look at something rationally. I just understood blue sky. And that's what you do when you're in your early 20s. Everything is blue sky. So that's what I did. I mean, it's very true when you, and I guess it's true for any of businesses that entrepreneurs start and stick with is it doesn't have to necessarily be a huge moneymaker, but the deal itself showed you that if you just stuck with it, you can reap the rewards on the other side. And that's, you know, very true for, you know, business and a real estate deal or deals that a lot of people get into is the same way with me is I had no idea what I was doing in my first deal. And all of a sudden I figured it out. It was kind of like an aha moment of why don't you just figure everything out? Just work until you figure it out. That was what my ideal did for me. So I was glad to hear you say that. Yeah, absolutely. Same deal. So now, you know, we talked about you buying a house with a credit card and figuring it out. You've mentioned a little bit about some derailments in 2008, 2009, that era. Between that first house and, you know, the derailment and or the, you know, great financial crisis and all that, that turmoil, what have you done between, you know, let's say 2008 and now? That's gotten you kind of on the trajectory that you've been on over these last 10, 20 years. The biggest thing that I did, there was a transition in 2010 to 2012 where I realized I was asking the wrong questions. I was chasing the wrong thing, but I didn't really know what the answers were. So I went and got help. And this was from a coach therapist. And we worked on digging down into the core of who I was. And this is relevant for everybody. Like there isn't a single person that's listening or watching that can't get clear on who you are. And so asking those questions, I got clear. I realized that my value was in teaching and working with other people based on the experiences. I think there's a lot of teachers out there that are teaching from their teaching. Like they haven't actually done anything. They just teach what they learn from somebody else. And so I knew I had some experience that I could share from which is also called wisdom when you've gone through it and you've got the scars and the baldness to prove it. So that became really obvious. And then I had this experience with my dad right before he died where he was on the edge of like, he knew he had weeks left. And he said, we were sitting down in a coffee up in Alaska. And he said, you know, there were so many things that I wanted to do. I'm out of time. And I realized that that was what regret was. I could feel it. And I thought, there's got to be, and then I was thinking, why? Why would he have not done the things that he wanted to do? He had all these things. He always wanted to travel to Africa and see his homeland in Italy and go on safari and like just these experiences. And he didn't because he was scared of running out of money. That's where most people are. They're living that way. They're afraid they're going to die that way. And so they don't live. And so what I realized there very clearly is that money is modern day slavery. It keeps people trapped. They're not going after their dreams. They're tiptoeing safely to death's door. And there's got to be something that I could do to help elevate the financial well-being and financial, you know, provide financial literacy. There's got to be something. And then I started digging and thinking about, well, how can I specifically do this? And when you look at where people have their wealth, it's in their house, it's in their retirement account, and maybe a pension. Social Security barely counts, but that's actually a lot of people's their only thing. They end up with their Social Security. And so with retirement account, I couldn't do anything about Social Security, really couldn't do a whole lot with people's pensions. And I'm not going to change. I'm not going to go harvest people's houses, you know, their equity. So what did that leave? It left retirement accounts. And most people don't, their retirement account is this thing that they hope will actually be big enough to not run out before they die. So they don't really have a strategy and they're just, they succumb to Wall Street's will. Wall Street says, here's what it is. If you just save up this much, you'll have this much and you, hopefully you'll die before you run out. Like that's a crazy mentality. And so I thought, okay, I'm going to go digging deep into this retirement space. That's where 
I learned and understood what was available with the tax code. And ultimately in 2012, wrote a book called the QRP book. That's all around the qualified retirement plans, 401ks, and giving people the truth. And the truth is you can control your retirement account. You don't have to be stuck in the Wall Street and their BS and their dogma. You can actually take control of it and you can take your you can go to a tax-free life. And people don't realize that you can literally go to zero tax, not just by trading real estate, but by using retirement accounts, specifically a Roth qualified plan. And then all of a sudden you're like, you're really in control. You control what you invest in, you can pay zero tax. Like when you can control those two things, no tax and invest how you want, you can invest your retirement account in real estate, gold, Bitcoin, all these cool things. And people, most people have no idea. Super smart people have no idea that you can do this. And so I started spending all my time sharing this and ultimately built the company that I run now called the EQRP company that gives people control of their retirement account. We've got thousands of people taking control and taken billions of dollars out of Wall Street, which has been very, very cool. And it gives people hope so that they're not just smoking hopium. They're actually, you know, they're on purpose and able to control their destiny and their financial future so they don't feel like they're in shackles the rest of their life. And now here's a word from our sponsor. Get things done while you're on the move. Learn more about working with a virtual assistant through offsite professionals. It's a great way to get all the things done that you need to get done. Have freedom in your time and streamline your life by automating your business. Stop spending time on the tasks that you can delegate and start spending more time on your superpower. Call us today at 503-446-3177 or visit our website at offsiteprofessionals.com. Uptown Syndication is now offering a syndication coaching program for you to take your real estate portfolio to the next level. This is your opportunity to have experienced syndicators, AJ and Chris Shepard, coach you on your way to controlling your real estate investing future. Our coaching program will provide you with the tools and framework needed to begin syndicating real estate in your target market. Go to uptownsyndication.com today to learn more. You explained that very well. And in my experience, my brief experience, you know, I'm still fairly young in this and, and early on in my journey. But what I've seen from a lot of people, and like you said, there's a lot of smart people, whether they're engineers or, you know, employees that are very, very smart people that went to college for years and years and years, they hear 401k or Roth IRA or retirement plan, and they just say, yep, I'll just do whatever my employer is going to match. And that's it. They don't think anything else other than that. I just, I've been told to do this, I'll do it. And then they forget about it. And if you're a high income earner and, you know, it grows great, but like, I mean, I didn't even know that you can really just take control of those plans unless you, I thought you had to be self-employed to do that, to be honest. But I guess that's not true. There's a lot of different ways to control retirement accounts. Uh, people do think that they, I think a lot of what happens is people talk themselves out of digging even below the surface because they, well, we're all busy. And so we're doing a thing. And so we don't think, like you just said, you didn't even know you could do that. And so people will say, well, I have a job. I can't do this. Well, the reality is people have jobs and they have side hustles and they have they have stuff. I mean, you literally have a podcast we're talking on. And so this is kind of, if you have another job, this is also a job and you know, you could monetize this. Like there's a lot of different ways to have, to tap into these tax shelters and to do things outside of what you're told to do. And really who's telling you to do it a certain way? Wall Street, because why? Because Wall Street benefits. And then our retirement, we have an EQRP here at the EQRP company. Imagine that. We have a 401k that people can self-direct. And there are some people that just put their money away. They get a match from the company 
and they don't do anything other than they have some mutual funds. And it always makes me laugh to think about that. They're at the company that has the set up the retirement account that gives them access to everything. And they still just buy mutual funds. And I'm like, that's not going to set you free. Mutual funds are not ever going to set you free. Like it's just not a reality. And the cool thing is you can take a couple thousand dollars in a Roth account. As an example, Peter Thiel, who many people have heard, he was Elon Musk's partner at PayPal and is a multi-billionaire. So he went out in the late 90s after Roth became a thing, he went out and took a Roth account and took 2000 and turned it into multi-billions. How did he do that? He went out there and he invested directly. He didn't invest in some mutual fund. He invested in startups. Could be real estate. It could be whatever. And over 20 years, 2000 to multi-billions. So of course, he got attacked by Congress because you know rich people should not get richer, apparently. That's their thinking because they're a bunch of morons. <laughs> but there's a way that there's ways to use this. And you know, I think he's a good model. Like, why would anybody say no? That's a terrible model. That would be is he that much smarter? Yeah, he's pretty smart. He's smarter than I am, smarter than a lot of us. He's not 10,000 times smarter, though. He's smarter. He just knew what tool to use, and it's available. Every American with a social security number could have a Roth EQRP. Every American with a social security number could do what Peter Thiel did. There's nobody that can't do it unless you choose not to. It's like whatever's stopping you is between your ears. Right. So I guess if someone does or you know is in the EQRP model, what's a common investment that someone you've seen you know, is it just directly into, I guess, a REIT or can they invest in their own controlled real estate investments like a flip or, you know, personal long-term hold? So we've had people do everything you can imagine. We've had people go and buy shares of an apartment complex for like they're a limited partner. We've had people buy a house to flip it. We've had people buy sandwich shops, Jimmy John's, Bitcoin, physical gold and silver. And I'm talking about physical. I'm not talking about you buy some so like in an IRA, you can't take possession of it, but in an EQRP, you can physically take possession of the gold and silver. You can hold custody of your Bitcoin. Can't do that with an IRA. Like there's, you can actually have control with an EQRP of your retirement money and your assets. And so you can do just about anything you want. There are always restrictions on things like you can't self deal. You can't go and buy a house that you're going to go use as a vacation property. Although you could buy a vacation property that you use when you retire and distribute it to yourself. And this is what we do as a team. There's 20 of us here and our team is here to guide people. The unfortunate part is most people get their information from Google. They don't actually go to the authorities. And authority, I mean experts, people that this is what they do. This is our niche. We're not the Walmart of finance. We are EQRP. And so we give people the support and guidance to help them do exactly what you're asking. Like, what can I invest in? How do I do it? How do I structure it? How do I title it? Because what I've seen over and over is people that say, I'm going to do everything myself are broke and tired. And even ones that have some money are tired. They make way too many mistakes that you can avoid if you just have the right people and you pay the right people. Early in my career, I thought, I don't want to pay for an attorney. So I was the attorney. Guess how much that saved me? Cost me a damn fortune. Anytime you do that kind of stuff, unless you are the attorney or the accountant, then reality is you're probably not even the best attorney for the thing that you need attorneying in. So if you're thinking, I actually want to control my retirement account. You want the best in the business. You want the best you can find. And that's what EQRP is. It was built to have the best team and the best product and the best system and the best community. Thousands of people that are all interacting with each other and they're all in the same boat. You don't get that on the Google. You're not going to get that on Facebook. That's a huge value when you can find communities that work together and, and they're all rowing in the same direction. And you know, these people are serious people. They're not just people that are looking for some freebie on the internet. So I'm sure you have some sort of track record data or have you know seen the performance of these 
accounts. I would, if someone said, you know, well, my 401k is averaging 8% return year over year for the last five years or whatever it is. What is your response to that of why would I not just leave it with the manager that's currently managing it? Because I don't know anything about investing in real estate or Bitcoin or gold. So what would you say to that? Well, my question is, do you want to be responsible for it or do you want to be passive and just hope it doesn't crash and burn? And I mean, do you think that you're going to care about your money more than your financial advisor? Your financial advisor cares about the fees. Financial advisor does not care about your money as much as that 1% or 2% so they can go golfing or whatever they can do. It's just the reality. You're always going to care about your money more than anybody else. And so where do you start? Wherever you are is where you start. So when I started, it's funny. I actually think I know less now than I thought I knew back then when I started 25 years ago. And that's just, that's normal. And here's one of the things you get around people that are doing the thing and that are successful and making it happen. And it's interesting. You start absorbing their knowledge and their words and their trust and their belief and confidence. This is the whole idea that you are the average of the people that you hang out with. And so when you have a community of people that are doing this, it doesn't matter that you're brand new, you fit right in with the people that are doing the thing. And you've got people at all levels, brand new people that have been doing things 5, 10, 20 years. You've got people that have a few thousand dollars and you have people that have fifty, hundred million million in their account. So it's there's a big variety of stuff. And it's just, it's a question of really, do you want to be in control of your life or do you want to just hope your life works out? If you just want to hope and you don't want to do any work, this is not for you. If you say, I love my financial freedom and I want to make sure that I can direct it, then this is exactly what you should be looking for. One other kind of stigma or idea behind a retirement account, 401k or whatnot, is a lot of people think that a retirement account is going to get you to retire and afford your retirement, which is true in some cases. However, it can't get you to retire earlier because you can't touch it until, what is it, 59 and a half, I think. When you take control of your own account, is that different than if, you know, I have a traditional 401k with my company. There are some differences and there are some ways that you can actually get your account and you're a little bit younger than me. So if you said, okay, well, I don't want to wait 20 or 30 or 40 years to get my money. What if I were to tell you that you could get a hold of your money and potentially pay no taxes at any point and you could do it within two or three or four or five years? That's probably something really interesting to people. And there's ways to do that. They're not talked about because it's not mainstream. What we do is not mainstream. What we do is it's the right stream. It's the way to get control of your stuff. So you don't have to wait until you're 59 and a half. There's a ton of different ways to do it, to get access to it. And again, people can say, oh, Damien must be talking about pulling your money out and paying penalties and taxes. And the answer is no, there's ways to do it without taxes or penalties. That's part of what having experts in the field, like you would never know that. You're not going to go to Google and say, okay, how can I get my money out? And it's just not going to be there because the Google is not your friend. The Google will send you down a rabbit hole and confuse the ever-living crap out of you. That's what Google's good at. There's so much misinformation. And unfortunately, you don't know what's real because it's all it literally all shows up in the same font on Google. Right. And I guess that's kind of where I was headed is, it sounds like with your model, there are ways to access the equity in those retirement accounts prior to being 59 and a half. Because that's something I've always thought of personally with 401k mm-hmm. is, you know, why would I put my money in there? And if I can't touch it till I'm 60, well, that's 32 years from now. I don't want to wait that long. I want to be able to control it now. And I've always kind of just avoided the 401ks or you know retirement accounts because of, I guess, that qualm that I have with not being able to access my money. 
Well, and here's another thought too about it. I remember when I was starting my real estate stuff when I was in my early 20s, I think I was 22, and I had the same ideas. There, it was almost 40 years away. And I thought, there's no way. What I found over the last 25 years is that every year you get a year older. And interesting, like the math, if you do it, you know, one, add to your age and it's you're a year older. And people are like, okay, that's pretty obvious, Damien. <laughs> well, here's what happens. You wake up one day and you're like 45, 50, 60 years old. One of my friends woke up and when I met him, he was 42 and now he's 62. And so he woke up at 62 with not a whole lot of money. And he was making three to $500,000 a year when I met him. So here's a thought that's worth considering. What if you were to say, okay, you know what? I'm going to make a bunch of money and I'm going to spend it now. And I'm going to make a bunch of money inside my retirement account. And that's going to be my pile that I, as just like extra sauce. Well, if the extra sauce happens to be extra when you're 60, that's cool. What if it happens to be that you blew up all your money because you bought Ferraris like dum dumb over here, that's me. <laughs> and you did all that stuff. At least you've got and especially if you're starting in your 20s or 30s, you very easily, and I say easily, if you're responsible and you actually navigate it, you could easily have millions of dollars in your retirement account and pay no taxes when you're 60 pulling it out. There's no downside to doing that. People get all wound up about, oh, it's going to be so far away. Trust me. I mean, I didn't think I was going to be 45. My birthday is this week. And I'm like, wow, I'm closer to 50 than I am 40 this week. And that's, you know, you're in your 50s when you pull out your retirement account if you want to do it traditionally, like people do at 59 and a half. So I would challenge the wisdom or the thinking that it seems too far away because time creeps up on you. And the last thing you want to do is get to 60 and you have no money. That doesn't sound very fun if I had to just be blunt about it. It's hell on earth. You watch (laughs) people do it. They're like watching my dad didn't have the money and it was hell. He literally just didn't do the things he wanted to do. And then he died with regret. It doesn't get much worse than that. So now that we've kind of learned about EQRP and all the different or some of the different investment vehicles and strategies that people can take, what would you tell someone that says, I want to begin this journey? I want to take control of my financial future. What's the first step aside from getting an account established with you and rolling over the funds and everything like that? What's a safe yet, you know, improving situation for them? So other than the stock market and just mutual funds. You know, I just set up an account. I want to take control of my financial future, but I don't know what I'm doing. What's your kind of one piece of advice for them? The best thing somebody can do, and oftentimes that people will ask me the question, I'll say, well, you know, I have $20,000 in my retirement account. Is that enough to do anything? I, f- I don't feel like it is. And my response to them is, I started off with $6,000 that it wasn't even mine. It was borrowed from a bank, you know, like a credit card and turned that into 20 million worth of real estate. So is it really the money or is it what's between your ears? And so how do you shift? How do you create, like I created wealth out of nothing but hustle. Truly, I didn't have any money. And how do you get there? How do you, well, you borrow other people's wisdom, their information, their confidence. And so what's the next natural thing? It's to become a part of something. And that's why we created the community. We brought people together with EQRP. So it's not the tool. And I mean, the people here are awesome. It's the ability to be around people because if that's your new normal, you'll just naturally get rich. You'll naturally become financially free if you're around people to do that. It's like if you're around a bunch of Olympians, you think you're going to have a gut? I don't think so. If that's all you do every day, you're going to be eating what they eat. You're going to be working out the way they work out. It's going to be normalized. So you have to normalize whatever you're doing. If you, You cannot possibly get wealthy if you're around a bunch of people that are working nine to five that spend all their time at the bar drinking beer and eating pizza. Like you've got to think about the influences in your life. You're like, what do you do? Do you watch television reruns? Do you watch, listen to NPR? 
or are you listening to podcasts? Are you listening to books? Are you, are you growing yourself? So investing is, you really have to think about your environment first. So that's why the community is such a big deal, why we created that. And we're the only ones in the country that have done that, where we've created this community. That's the thing. It's not, I could say, you know, somebody should go and invest in gold or Bitcoin or real estate. It doesn't really matter if you invest in those things, if you don't have the right mindset, if you're not around the right people, you'll do dumb things. You can make a fortune on the next crypto dog coin or something, and that's great. And then what are you going to do? You're going to blow it because you don't have the right people around you influencing you. You're going to do something incredibly dumb. You're going to double down on something else. It's incredibly important to figure out what the influences are. And usually that's the community. It's your friends. It's your family. Sometimes you have to start shifting people in your life. That's the biggest game changer that people ignore. And they go, I couldn't possibly. And I'm like, look, if you're going to spend all your time with the same people that have gotten you to this point, what makes you think you're going to go anywhere but where they're going? So you might as well just ask them, hey, what's my future look like? Because that's where you're going. It's trying to drag everybody along with you is a fool's game. It's not going to work. So I would say that that's the thing that you should do is invest in that stuff and poke around. There's resources at eqrp.com or you can get the summation of what this is. You can like start to poke around and learn and then become a part of the community. I mean, there's if I were to go back in time, I would do three things. I would have a coach that could knock me out of my own way. I would have a masterminder community with people that I'm surrounded with that I can learn from and engage with. And I would have somebody doing my bookkeeping. Those are the three things that I would do. And if anybody doesn't have those things, I'm telling you, you're going off a cliff. It's a matter of time because you won't see your blind spots. You'll literally do dumb things and won't even know with your money. You'll keep people in your life that you probably shouldn't keep. So be more deliberate, like choose, like, what do I want in my life? Great. Okay. Go find the people that are like that already and just like hang out with them. The key piece to what you just said that I took away is if anyone is wanting to take this step and can take control of their financial future, anyone is capable and everyone is capable of doing it as long as they're curious enough and willing to learn and be disciplined to do it. So I think, you know, if you're in a spot where you think you're not setting yourself up for the future like you want to, this is a great vehicle and a great tool, a great community that you can join and take that next step and actually take your first step into taking control of your financial future. I think that's a great way to sum it up. Awesome. Well, Damien, did I forget anything or miss anything today during our conversation? You know, I think there's a lot of people that just, you made a comment. It's worth reinforcing and saying again, people don't know where to start. They're stuck. They feel like they're stupid. The whole system is set up to make you feel like you're stupid. It's set up so that you'll just hand over your money and trust the experts that are out there to manage it. And the truth is, you're never going to get somebody that's going to care about your money more than you. You have to care about it enough to become educated. And you can start off really small doing almost nothing. I always tell people, if you want to go invest in something and you have no idea what to do and you're scared of doing anything other than a mutual fund, go buy an ounce of silver. It's like 30 bucks. And it's something, it's real. It's not even manipulated. Like that actual ounce of silver. And then you just like build momentum. So doesn't matter if you want it. I mean, that's just the easiest thing. I've been doing that since I was a kid with the gold and silver space. And it's just, it's one of those things where you can actually feel like you're winning something. It's kind of like the admiral that used to, he was the chancellor at the University of Texas. He wrote, make your bed. And the reason that he wrote that as being in the special operations teams and running that as a military personnel, making your bed every morning, there was a sense of a win. I remember reading that book and hearing his speech. And I said, you know what? That's good. I'm going to go make my bed every day. 
And so you want to get momentum. And if you can start your day with some type of win, whether it's making your bed or buying an ounce of silver or writing somebody a thank you note, it doesn't really make any difference. Do something. And it doesn't have to be massive. People go, I need to start off with my first billion by making a billion. I'm like, no, you start off by doing something that makes you a dollar. And people just try to leap right to the end. I'm like, you haven't even made five bucks yet. What are you talking about a billion? You're ridiculous. So whatever you're going to do. And this is where the community comes into play because you can go out there and say, hey, I don't even know where to start. And all of a sudden, all these ideas start showing up. They, you know, People like supporting each other. And that's where you should go. Find the community that resonates with you and start asking the questions and be vulnerable and see what happens. And they'll help you stay accountable because other people that are trying to do the same thing on the same journey, it's a built-in free accountability partner. Yes, they're going to help with ideas, but they're also going to help you stay accountable and stick on your journey, which is one of the things that I enjoy most about the communities that I'm a part of. Yeah. And here's one of the things that most people aren't going to want to hear that the best accountability partners will hold you accountable. And it's like, well, yeah, that seems obvious, but you know what? Like the reason that most people are afraid of me mentoring or coaching them for one, I charge a ton of money. Why do I do that? Because it's painful. If you're going to write me a hundred thousand dollar check every year to coach you, you're going to pay attention. Now, if you make $10 million a year, you're probably not, but guess what? It's going to cost you a million bucks a year for me to do that. When I tell people the things I'm seeing, when I'm coaching and mentoring, I'm doing it with a fierceness around the truth. It's candor like people haven't ever heard before. And the problem with a lot of accountability is people are, you know, they want to tell you, but they don't want to hurt your feelings. And so ultimately, if you want to change your life, if you want to create financial freedom, you got to be willing to go and say, okay, you know what? I'm an F up. Like I have messed, like I'm not doing this thing the way, if I was doing it the right way, I'd already be wealthy. I'd already be wherever I want to be, but you're not there. So you're not doing something that you need to do, or you're doing something you shouldn't be doing. And having the people that will tell you the truth is the most important thing with accountability. Somebody can say, yeah, good job. But it's like, yeah, you literally have done one push up a day for the last year. You're, that does not count. Like you think you want to lose weight, but one push up isn't going to do it. Like you need to take the damn donut out of your face and go to the gym and, get, and hire a trainer and stop screwing around. Like you need people. We all need it. Like I have it. And it doesn't feel good sometimes, but I'll tell you what feels good is the change when you're like, okay, and then you own it. Unbelievable. That's when everything really does change when you own the truth. Couldn't agree more. We'll make sure we link all your sites down in the description. Is there any place that you want people to connect with you on socials or reach out to you further? I think the best place is check out EQRP. If you want to hear me on my podcast, Financial Underdogs is the podcast. You can find it everywhere podcasts are at. And it's more of It's really the way that if you like loved my little moment of ranting there for coaching, that's what I do on FU. The podcast is Financial Underdogs and it's on purpose. It's FU, it's FU to the system. It's really about knocking all of the garbage out of the way and getting to the heart and the truth of the matter. And that's what I talk about. So you want to connect with me, find me out there and looking forward to helping people break their financial bondage and their shackles. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today and having this conversation with me. My pleasure. Thanks again. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Real Estate Professionals Investing Podcast on WIN, your community of investing knowledge for growth. We hope that this episode has increased your knowledge and added value to your path to freedom. If you would, please take a second to rate us so that we can get more great investors to interview. If you or someone that you know wants to be on, please visit westsideinvestors.com and fill out our form to be on the show. Thank you again and enjoy your day.